Highlights. Happy Hamstrings, your favorite podcast. This is Julie Brown. I'm here from Alabama to bring you all the best about what it's like to be a certified personal trainer in my small town. And I'm also a certified yoga instructor working, I'm already 200 and I'm working on my 300 hours. This Saturday, I have a spinning certification renewal. That is going to be intense. If I'm being completely honest with you guys, when I'm doing yoga, I feel really, really in my element. And even though I enjoyed riding a bike as a kid, I feel so out of my element around cycling athletes. I don't know why. It's not because I can't ride. I guess I'm just not as driven to get in the saddle as they are. And it probably would help if I had a bike. And gosh, the certification, I I really thought on this. I meditated on it and... One of my concerns was being able to practice, so I made sure to get permission. Can I use the bikes if I need to practice? Because that's a big part to me of being a teacher is being able to keep my legs conditioned to continue to teach the class because a lot goes in. I know accepting this job before I even start doing this job. A trainer, any kind of fitness person that gets paid for just the class, they're not really just doing just the class. Like they can't just, they can't just be a couch, I can't just be a couch potato for like, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours of my week and then expect to go in there and like challenge athletes or young, young athletes or whatever, just who will be completely bored with my class. So I've got to work harder. I've got to work harder. And I know it's not really about me and my level in some respects, but when it comes to cycling, it really is. So I've got to make sure I get lots of sleep the day before and not stay up. And I'm going to eat, you know, good healthy meal. Oh, and speaking of eating good healthy meals, I finally tried kitchery, which is honestly, I had never even heard of kitchery. This is another reason I love the school I'm in, the My Vinyasa Practice. In one of the videos in my pre-recorded lectures, which is 130 hours of content, by the way, they're actually making kitchery. So I don't know what I expected to find when I enrolled with the school, but I was pleasantly surprised, and I watched this video twice. They talked about Ayurvedic pairings of foods. And how you're not supposed to, if you live the Ayurvedic lifestyle, you're not supposed to put all your fruits in the blender. You're just supposed to eat like a piece of fruit and usually in isolation and not have the blender do all the work because then you're not chewing up your food and releasing all these extra enzymes for your digestive system. So there are these things behind it, which as old as this is, they did not know what the fucking enzyme was when Ayurvedic science was around how how do they know these things before they know them do you know what I'm saying like meditation stimulates the vagus nerve but back then I don't really think that that was they knew it did something I guess they just knew it did something but they didn't talk about like okay now we're going to meditate and stimulate the vagus nerve like they didn't talk like that when this was invented so it's interesting to me when stuff's very functionality comes out like the science of it later. As far as the yoga advocacy, if you've been following that story, um, an update, Yoga Alliance had reached out to me and I felt helpless to um, be as networked as I needed to be. So I connected the 
Yoga Alliance member with lots of yogis, including the woman who owns my vinyasa practice. And at first, I don't think that she understood like how big the school was because it's in Austin, Texas. She was kind of like, we need people in Alabama. So the good news is now she's informing people who are enrolled in the school that live in Alabama so that they can also take action. One of my regular teachers that I attend learning lab with just happens to be from Alabama. Well, she lived in Alabama. I don't know where she was originally born. However, she spent a long time living here and connecting with yogis here. So just happening to mention it to her, see, that's what happens. Then she's got me in touch with all these other teachers who have worked with, see, they need people who have specifically worked with younger students, younger yoga students. And, you know, coming out with stories and reasons why. And we're also going to turn in, Michelle suggested we do all kinds of research to turn in because that would be easy. Actually, Michelle was meeting with Blue Cross Blue Shield about making yoga one of those things that, you know, your insurance can pay for if it's good for your health, right? So she's working, this is one of the things she's working towards is getting Blue Cross Blue Shield to recognize yoga as just a workout for balancing your health. I mean, kind of like a, the way physical therapy does, but on a different scale for a different level because it helps your mentality, bringing more balance into your emotions, your feelings, just all the, all the grief relief classes that Michelle has created. It just really blows my mind. I cannot wait to get to the bottom of some of these videos. She's creating so much content, you guys. So good. Uh, some of the books that got recommended to me when I went to Office Hours with Tina, I was interested in, so I want to share these books' titles with you, even though I haven't gotten them yet. Uh, one is called Breath, New Science of a Lost Art. So it's a whole book about the science behind uh, just training your brain with your breath. And then there was the polyvagal flip chart. And then she also recommended Yoga for Grief Relief by Antonio Salsis. And then something that she pointed out I didn't know is that grief tends to land in our joints. Like we hold up, I've heard of it holding tension in your hips when you have grief or when you have emotions. But she was saying like elbows, shoulders, anywhere. You can hold on to all kinds of emotions in your joints. And I mean, I know that this is like kind of, for some people listening right now, that might be kind of, well, you know, they, I guess some people would have feelings about it, <laughs> about the, the woo-woo side of yoga, as some call it. I do believe some of, you know, some of this is true because obviously emotions have an effect on your body. Your body has an effect on your emotions. And a lot came up to me whenever we talked about what types of practices we do and what are we trying to get out of it and the way that I would exercise when I was younger and not with gratitude, like just, just fueled with negative emotions really when I was young. So this type of topic and all these other topics of what types of workouts are we doing and what is our theme and our goal, this comes up a lot in the classes that I'm taking um, because a lot of what they do is they help teachers to kind of find their own true voice. 
And one of the things I'd read in yoga journal was that a lot of yoga schools have like cookie cutter routines and verbiages and all that kind of thing. And some of the schools they felt like didn't make space for like where to put other poses. Like you just do this, like this is the poses that you do. Like they would say like, no, what about, no. And there's some schools that's like, you're just doing the list of poses right now. And they, you know, so there's different schools with different types of ways. And I really like the way that MVP is. And I'm glad that I'm doing this for my 300 and you're allowed to just do whatever kind of yoga you want. And I had never done, as far as instructing, a yoga nidra. Actually, I, I, I had a lot of uh, time to study it because I didn't want to teach it until I fully felt like that I understood it. And actually, it's something I can just do on this podcast because it can be audio only and you don't really have to like do anything. It's really like you flex your mental mind. You get to a certain state of your brainwaves abilities. So I waited a long time because I didn't... When I first learned about this, I was like, this is confusing. And the fact that you're not doing anything, that was really hard for me. Because I'm like the power flow, like go, go, go teacher. So I finally did it. I put up um, a video on YouTube and then I used my, I used my painting for an image. I meant to do it for early access. And then I did something really funny. I just accidentally set it to public and, uh, I guess I didn't notice at first. And then I was like, I got really excited. I told my husband, I said, wow, it's already got views. Like, how did that happen? Like, I never, you know, (laughs) I never get like early views with Patreon only. (laughs) I mean, I know they're just, you know, they're busy. If you're listening, Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. But I just like, then I looked again and I realized not that it matters because I think no one cares. I was like, oh, I didn't set this one. I set this one public, not early access for Patreon subscribers. So if you're not always using YouTube or Patreon, I realize that some of my listeners might be going, what in the Sam hell are you talking about? I have a Patreon page and for my subscribers, I give early access just a little early. And uh, I know they just do it to support me because like I can see the numbers right now. I know that a lot of people don't even have the app. They're just, they're subscribing to subscribe. And then if they get the emails or whatever, how they've got it set, no big deal. None of it's like polarizing. Nothing is negative. I'm just saying that I've still got a lot to learn about YouTube. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm trying to do it. I've meditated on being a technology nerd. It's just, Technology is not always working out for me. I'm finally doing it, though. I did a couple more videos. Um, somewhere around the neighborhood of six hours of free yoga on my YouTube, if you want to go there. I don't have a lot of power yoga on there because that's kind of what I teach on the regular. And I find that putting out more gentle yoga would be more accessible for the public anyway. Because when I first got into power yoga, I did a whole bunch of sun salutations And even though I was teaching step aerobics like every single day, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. 
I thought I was going to die right there in the park. The first time I did sun salutations with Maria, I remember just thinking, I'm just going to sweat to death. I'm just going to die. She's trying to kill me. Because <laughs> I had done yoga uh, in a more Pilates type setting, and I had not done sun salutations. And it was September, and it was warm. At the beginning of September, it's like, you might as well just have July and August around hanging out because September is freaking hot. <laughs> September is also National Yoga Month. So I should do what Maria did. She would always offer up a very affordable package of daily yoga. All right, I'm finding balance. Uh, I haven't found it yet, but when I do find that balance, I'm going to make an episode and let you guys know first, like before anybody knows, you guys are going to know first that I found balance. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm just changing up my schedule. I'm just journaling. I really highly recommend that you journal your goals because right now all of our goals are ever changing. I've also got one more thing to talk about. That's body image because it's really the body shaming and body loathing. It's a universal problem for a lot of people. Um, And I found this statistic and I'm going to share it with you and I'll tell you the reference that also says at the top of the page body shaming and body loathing is a universal problem and the website is exrx.net and it's featured article they have a lot of different psychology articles here and there's references at the bottom I'm not going to go into all the research references for this particular statistic It says that 53%, that's more than half, of 13-year-old American girls aren't happy with their bodies. 53% of 13-year-old girls in America not happy with their bodies. This number grows to 78% by the time they're 17 years old. This is so, this statistic is so scary to me. That means so much for our future right because what are we if we are not confident with no self-confidence what are we going to build from that what can you build on a negative image of yourself it goes on to say that teenage girls are 12 times more likely to die from eating disorders 30 million in the u.s alone have eating disorders Eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Although psychological and social attitudes do have an influence, they can be one of many triggers towards eating disorders for those with other predispositions. So I would say that moving forward, remember that even though society is constantly trying to make us want to change ourselves because how else will they get your money? We do not need to just have confidence in ourselves. We need to spread it to other people. And I've been doing that like from a business perspective right now because I've been going on and on on podcast about how is a business even supposed to, with all the paperwork time that they put on us, how am I even supposed to be expected to make money with figuring out all this paperwork, right? And so it makes me super sympathetic towards like other small business owners because I'm just doing all this by myself, right? Well, my husband added up the mileage after I wrote it down for like pages and pages. But anyway, 
I'm doing pretty much everything marketing and everything by myself. And then I look at these other small businesses like like Mad Hatter Cupcakes. And I'm like, man, their food is like, they do so much for what they do. Like, they could just be a basic cupcake shop, but no, they're like above and beyond cupcakes. I took a few to my husband's work. This is a true story, by the way. One of his coworkers that kind of lives far, by the way, kind of lives far away, he took some home because I got a few extra cupcakes. And he took some home to share with his kids and his wife. Well, his daughter, who claims to love this other cupcake shop but never finishes a whole cupcake, she asked for a second one. And he has a hard time to encourage her to eat. Now, I don't know. This is not related to the eating disorder. Okay? I don't know this family that well. So, I'm not saying that this is related. This is a completely different topic. Now, I'm on to business support. Okay? I don't know the situation. I just know that she won't finish a whole cupcake and he really wants her to eat. He wants her to eat more. So, he's like, where is this cupcake shop at? Because she will not even eat a whole cupcake from the favorite, her favorite one, her favorite bakery, which is in the middle of Birmingham or something. And I had to tell Mad Hatters <laughs> the good news. Like, hey, you got somebody to eat a whole cupcake that would not even finish one. And now the dad wants to come and get her some cupcakes when, you know, special occasion. They said that made their heart so happy to hear that, you know, a young lady who would hardly eat was just able to eat a whole cupcake and then she wanted another one. Like, why not give encouraging news? Another good example was the bakery. Uh, I took some bakery goods to my sister and she got really excited and texted me back. Like, all kinds of stuff of excitement and I sent them a screenshot of her reply. <laughs> I didn't I didn't send like her information. I just sent like OMG, I have been craving and then she even typoed their name. She was so excited to get the scone. So yeah, if you get like and they they're just like so excited to hear that when I send them the text, they're just so excited to hear that their food brought joy or whatever their business is brought joy. If you spread the love to the business, now they have motivation to go on and fill out these, like, excuse my language, fuck tons of paperwork to just file the taxes and pay taxes on things we've already paid taxes on. <laughs> and then pay tax on it again. And then get some food and go pay some more tax when we go buy food. By the way, Alabama, you know that some places, uh, they don't have taxes on their grocery stores. Food for thought. You know, it's time for some progressive change, not just bringing in the yoga. Let's get the, um, let's get that grocery store tax off of there. Have a wonderful day. Be happy, be healed, be free. Talk through things. Message your friends. Check on your folks. And namaste.